as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. We're joining up with one of our friends from Austin, Scott Braddock, from the Quorum Report to talk about, yes, the. Uh, the now acquitted Attorney General of the Mighty Republic of Texas, Ken Paxton, who is semi-triumphant and now semi-still embattled because of the FBI, but that's another story. But let's let's start yeah. off with what yeah. happened this weekend. Well, he's uh, acquitted for now, right? There's uh, there's a state-level prosecution. There's the possibility of a federal prosecution. But this weekend, he did get his political victory in the Texas Senate. Uh, as uh, all of the articles of impeachment that were considered by the Senate, uh, those were all dismissed one after another. He was acquitted on all those. Except, I do want to say this, Davis and Zach, right out of the gate here. I think it's very important p- for people to understand. Because you see... There are Republican state senators running around right now on lesser radio shows. I'll say that. And they're saying <laughs> they're saying that Thank there was you. no smoke. That, you're welcome. There was no smoking gun uh, here whatsoever when it came to the evidence. Uh, you got to you got to get this down. Write it down. Ready? If, if there was no smoking gun, it's because they put the smoking gun in a drawer and closed it before they ever started the trial. We talked about this previously on the show uh, when it came to the articles of impeachment. The charges from the House that have to do with securities fraud, which is what the criminal trial is about in Houston, they just didn't hear the evidence on those. The Senate said, we're not even going to consider that. Uh, when they considered their rules a couple months ago, remember this, Davis, yeah. they said, we're going to hold those, quote, in abeyance. We're not going to get to those uh, charges right now. And then I was talking to a friend earlier today who said, well, yeah, they just said that they'll get to, the, to those later. But here's what happened. They did get to them on Saturday, and they yeah. just dismissed them without ever hearing any, any of the evidence. So you might have seen, Zach, a lot of people saying, what does this guy have to do for them to find him guilty? I mean, you've got all of this uh, testimony from people who worked for him, who said that he was doing all these favors for this investor in Austin, that he had an extramarital affair, that there was evidence of burner phones and an Uber account with a fake name to try to cover up his affair and all this other stuff. What does he have to do? Does he have to actually admit that he did this stuff for them to convict him. Well, here's the thing about the securities fraud. He did admit to that almost a decade ago. We talked about this, Davis. Remember, on yes. the civil side, he paid a fine for having rounded up investors for a company without telling the investors that he was being paid by that company. That's a felony in Texas, punishable by up to 99 years. So we'll see what happens with that in that criminal trial. Uh, but when I asked one of the uh, top Republicans here in town, hey, what? crazy or are people just missing this that that oh hey if if there was not a smoking gun that they basically extinguished it first and then had the trial <laughs> well that's that is what happened um and so he walks uh, on all of this there are two senators who are republicans who voted to convict Kelly hancock from north texas and um uh, robert nichols from east texas uh two who i know are hearing from a lot of uh angry MAGA types today, their their offices are being overwhelmed with phone calls uh, from the angry mob 
Uh, but I do, I, I, I'm thinking of um, the words of John Cornyn last summer at the Republican Party of Texas convention when the MAGA crowd was booing him because he had helped to move forward on that uh, gun legislation that barely did anything about uh, gun safety. Um, when he walked off the stage, Cornyn said, I didn't give in to mobs before this, and I'm not about to start today. So now you have the lieutenant governor and the speaker as at each other's throats as anybody has ever seen in this town, no matter who were, no matter who was in those jobs. You saw after the trial well, was over, well, after the trial was over, Lieutenant Governor Patrick took his uh, faux impartiality mm -hmm. hat off and just gave a blistering speech about how the House process was all messed up and done incorrectly and this never should have come to the Senate and all of that. Uh, and then you had the Speaker, in a rare flash of anger, blast back at Patrick and say that, listen, what, what Patrick did here was he put his thumb on the scale, that he orchestrated the whole thing from the beginning, that this was never going to go anywhere because Patrick was in the corner of Paxton the whole time. Let me help him make the case because I agree. Now, the, the lieutenant governor, if you watch some of this throughout the hold, hold trial, on, let me, let, me I, re let me reintroduce yeah. you real quick. We're talking about the, the impeachment trial that ended over the weekend of Attorney General Ken Paxton. Our guest is Scott Bragg from the Quorum Report up in Austin on 710KURV. I'm sorry, continue. Oh, you're good. Uh, you're doing the, the old reset, as we say in broadcast. Um, it, look, the... The lieutenant governor put on a pretty good show of seeming like he was being impartial with the way he was making his rulings. But remember, he took $3 million, $2 million of which is a loan from Paxton supporters right before the trial was going to start. What did, what did they get for their $3 million? I'll tell you. One, he ruled that Paxton did not have to testify in the trial. He Patrick told a television station in Houston about a week before the trial started. He said, this is not a criminal trial. Quote, it's a political trial, close quote. But then when he ruled that Paxton would not have to take the stand to defend himself, he said, we're going to basically handle this like a criminal trial. And in a criminal trial, what you would do is never put the defendant on the stand and you know force them to take the stand where they might have to say something that might incriminate themselves. So that was number one. He, he kept Paxton off the stand. Number two, Rusty Harden, who was the lead attorney for the House prosecutors on this, uh, did reveal over the weekend that it was Patrick who said that the alleged mistress, Zach, could also not take the stand either. It was our understanding. Really? Yes. It was our understanding that the mistress was going to plead the fifth the entire time that she was on the stand. That makes you ask this question. An extramarital affair isn't a crime. So why would she need to invoke the Fifth Amendment? Was she part of some crime? Did she see Paxton committing some crime? Well, okay, there's there's two things. Paxton didn't have to take the stand. His mistress didn't have to take the stand. There were some other rulings as well, but I'll get right to the end here. When Patrick on Friday told the senators that if they didn't have a verdict by Monday, by today, then he was going to lock them in the Texas Capitol until they had a verdict. That was also putting, he said he was going to sequester them in their offices. Did you see that? But the senators who were leaning toward conviction, what they wanted, Davis, was that those senators wanted all of the Senate privately together to go through the entire trial record and look at all of the evidence and really consider it, including the depositions from this investor, Nate Paul, who uh, Paxton is accused of doing all these favors for, that guy, Nate Paul, who, of course, is accused of uh, a lot of things, including helping to facilitate that, uh, that relationship with the, with mm -hmm. the alleged mistress. Um, those folks were saying, hey, let's take our time. Let's deliberate for a week if we need to, to get to the right result. The folks who were just acting out of politics and just wanted to you know, quickly dismiss this thing, uh, they were saying, no, no, we don't need to do all that. 
let's just come out with our um, verdict as soon as we can. And so, of course, what we saw was the very day after both the House and Senate had rested by Saturday, they were ready to dismiss all this. And of course, there were only two Republicans who voted for conviction. I'm not surprised by that. I do think that uh, there probably at some point were enough Republican uh, votes to maybe convict, but a few things happened. One, they were only at about 20 votes to convict. It takes 21. Um, the fact that Angela Paxton, the uh, the AG's wife, who's also a senator, the fact that she's present means that they had to be well over 21 to be able to really convict here. She was present. Uh, and so I think if they were only at 19 or 20, some of those senators caved, right? And they said, well, I don't want to walk see. the plank politically. I, that's where the thumb on the scale part comes in. Absolutely. If it, yeah. if it was not going to happen, uh, they were just going to take the easy way out and not do as I. Scott Braddock from the Corn Report in Austin joining us on 710KURB. And listen, I'm the I'm the guy, like, I'm, I, I understand that explaining this to normal people takes kind of like a secular approach, and it needs to have a little bit more substance and flair than, oh, it's just those damn Democrats again. Because when, when like Team Red comes out and they say things like that, normal people will look at them and just stare. Because that doesn't that doesn't tell me anything about what's going on. Oh, it's those damn Democrats again. Like that doesn't tell me anything of, of that in context of of, of what's going on. Yeah. I say that because I say that because if if the roles were reversed and there was an R for every D and a D for mm -hmm. every R flipped around, you know, we would be we would be crying bloody murder about this. Well, yeah, Zach, you brought up the the idea that that people sort of look at this always in partisan terms. That people would say, oh, if this is Democrats going after a Republican. Well, that's just, you know, the blue team going after the red team or whatever. 70% of Texas House Republicans voted to impeach Paxton. Two Republican senators voted to remove Paxton. This is not a party line vote. This is not Democrats versus Republicans the way it was when former President Trump was impeached, when it was only Democrats who were voting for that in Washington, right? Um, mm -hmm. And so I, I think it really speaks to, the, and look, this is far from over uh, as far as the, the saga of Ken Paxton. Walls are kind of closing in. He just got past this, dodged the bullet again, uh, you know, on this impeachment trial. But there's also the state level securities fraud charges in Houston. There's a trial that's going to happen on that supposedly now. And there is possibly a federal indictment coming, uh, after, you know, once this grand jury in San Antonio uh, finishes its, its work. Right. And some of the things that we're talking about with Paxton do rise to the level of potential criminality uh especially those security for securities fraud charges and some other things but um but look at, as the prosecutors in the case said you know for some of the things that paxton's accused of it's not necessarily that it's a criminal matter some are and some aren't but even if it doesn't rise to criminality is that really the question you want to be asking for somebody that you put into one of the highest offices in texas to, to be the top cop for this state and always have your ethics questioned and always have people questioning, you know, whether or not you yourself can even follow the law. When we talk about this with normal people, we can't just say, mm -hmm. oh, it's just those damn Democrats again, because that doesn't tell me anything. That doesn't give me anything of substance and doesn't really explain what happened here today. And three, what you just mentioned about, yeah, it was 70 percent of House Republicans that had brought this up. And now there's all these calls for we got to vote them out. We got to vote them out. Guys, that's like everybody, like the, like everybody, like you, well, you know how hard it is to find candidates that are going to be able to be vetted and, and are, are viable candidates to primary. And if they win, will they win the general election? Like there's so many logistical problems with, with the outcome and, and the, what, what mm -hmm. Republicans are saying right now in the aftermath of this impeachment trial is because it is going to be such a chore to do if they were to, to just, you know, fire and brimstone. Well, we got to vote them all out. We got to vote them all out. 
The guy got well, primaried. Yeah. Go ahead, Davey. I'm sorry. They've I mean, been it's, they've been unsuccessful. The 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 people who think that the Re- Republicans should not allow Democrats to share power and are being too liberal have been unsuccessful in most primary battles, have they not? That's right. And look, um, how many of the people? I mean, how many of the same people who are now crying out for President Biden, a Democrat, to be impeached? Yeah. How many of them are cheering that Paxton just got off when the accusations against Biden, and I know some people will say it's false equivalence, but the accusations against Biden in the estimation of his critics, they say that he took bribes and was involved in shady dealings. Um, and here you have Paxton accused of the same stuff that they're saying Biden you know, ought to be mm-hmm. impeached over. Um, you know, At that level, it's only tribalism. But here in Texas, it has actually been Republicans fighting with each other. Yeah, I just I just wish there was a better explanation. You know what I mean? Like I personally I I well, personally I just really wish it was more than just oh, it's those damn Democrats again and we got to <laughs> and we we got to vote them all out. That I wish we had a better explanation for what happened and what's going on, etc. because yeah, it's, if you look at the numbers, it's a little bit more complicated than that. Uh, thanks a lot, Scott. Yeah. Appreciate it as always. Scott Braddock from the Quorum Thank- Report. Go Astros. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ben Austin joining us that, on Zach. 710 you, KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio, just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Davis Rankin, my yes. favorite co host of all. <laughs> Out of the two of us that are here today, would you do me the honor of uh, setting our topic and introducing our next guest? I will do that. Uh, McAllen School Board in McAllen has approved a tax election, says here, this is the monitor headline, tax election for security, facilities, and staff compensation. One of the, maybe the longest serving uh, trustee on the McAllen School Board is Sam Saldivar, and uh, he's here to tell us what this means. Sam, thanks for being with us. Can you explain this for us? Yeah, thanks, uh, Dave, for having us on this afternoon, and, and I'm very proud to represent the Board of Trustees in McAllen Penn School District on this call. Uh, to the just of the matter, this is a, a, a board called election for voter approval tax ratification election set for Tuesday, November the 7th, 2023. Um, and that what it really means is our current tax rate um, for 2223 is $1.10. And if the voters approve this tax ratification election, even by holding back four pennies from the compression that's allowed by the state legislature during this last session, they will see a reduction of 10 cents to a dollar per hundred dollar evaluation. And so the, the bottom line, even with the request of holding back four pennies from that compression, um, we'll still see a savings of uh, 10 cents or a tax rate 10 cents lower with, than the current rate. Now, let me back up a little bit. I'm Math, math was never my long suit. And uh, so what is this compression 
thing that you're talking about. This was agreed to by the legislature? That's correct. Uh, it actually started, the uh, compression actually started with House Bill 3 uh, uh, in the 86th legislative session, uh, in which there were a lot of reforms done to public education in Texas, and many of them very, very positive um, in, in many ways. But one aspect that was part of that was to begin a compression of local property tax, reducing local property tax, and the state taking on a greater role in providing uh, funds to local uh, school yeah. districts across the state. And so at that time, we were at $1.16 and a half. The max was $1.17 and a half. So we're one penny below the max that was allowed uh, per $100 evaluation of uh, school property tax. And now it's, it's dropped, as you can see, this past year, we're at $1.10. And there was another compression called for a much more involved one in Senate Bill 1, uh, this uh, session 88 um, approved uh, uh, this summer. So, um, uh, but within that bill, it allowed for school districts um, uh, under certain circumstances to call for these voter approved elections uh, to uh, um, uh, ask the voters to hold back some of the compression money that they would otherwise see in their tax rate um, and so every school district's going through this so uh, uh, and, and they're doing different approaches some of them are using it on the maintenance and tax side some of them using it on the INS which is a bond or a combination thereof uh, most of them are utilizing this this uh, this opportunity for this uh, election um, um, for compensation or school safety or something of that nature on the maintenance and tax side so did, I didn't that's what brought it uh, Sam Saldivar is on the McAllen ISD Board of Trustees. He joins us now on News Talk 710 KURV. Uh, there's a tax rate election coming up, and uh, we're talking about that right now. Some of the some of the details about that. Uh, I guess I guess the question from me is: You always anytime somebody says the word tax, right? You, you a lot of people get a shudder. You know, they they get that chill up their spine, right? And they say, "Well, they're asking for more money." And even if, even if it's like a shift or a rearrange or a compress a, compre a compression like this, uh, oh, they're still trying to get more money out of us. But it's um, they these things aren't asked for unless there are legitimate reasons for that. And there's a I'm sure there are plenty of of, of great reasons why um, more support for the schools is 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 being asked for. Period. I mean, not just from from this in particular, but um, so how is the how is the current budget at McAllen ISD right now? Well, we we have a sound budget. We approved a budget this past uh, uh, June, uh, two hundred eighty nine million, a little over a two hundred eighty nine million dollars uh, budget. That does not count federal funds. Those are not approved by the board. Uh, and so, uh, and those are supplemental. Uh, we're in a very good position as we have a sound fund balance over $90 million, about 45 million of that is encumbered on projects that the boards have approved over the last two to four years that are in process of being, you know, uh, expended, uh, for the various projects that we approve. Um, and, but this, this specific election here, it's a no tax increase. This is the oddity of it. It's a no tax increase. It's a holdback of taxes that have already been paid or will be paid otherwise, but for the comp uh, compression that's taking place. And it will generate $5.1 million, but only uh, 1.7 of it, though, will be state funded, uh, supplemental state funding 
if this is approved, the difference is a little over uh, what three point four million will come from local property tax holders. Um, and again, it's for uh, uh, school safety and better pay for our teachers for compensation and salaries. Um, and yet, it's yet to be determined how, what amount will be for each. Um, but that still needs to be worked out once we know uh, where the public is. I will say on the safety and security side, uh, to, to not cause any alarm, these are due to uh, uh, another bill that was passed by the legislature that added additional components for school safety but did not fund them. They're providing grants, and we have applied for those grants, uh, and we hope to receive some of those, but we are also taking this opportunity to get local funds uh, to, to put these enhancements to, uh, to our school safety within, throughout the district. You have shared uh, challenges with many other school districts, not only in the Valley, but in the state with this uh, school security bill. We were just talking about this a couple of weeks ago. Uh, what, what are mm-hmm. some of the challenges that McCallan ISD faces specifically on that front? Well, we're very fortunate. We have 63 police officers uh, in the last voter-approved tax election, which, which passed by 76%, so 2,200 uh, approximately 2,200 folks that voted in that uh, tax rider place election in 2018. And we were able to hire a, a, a 19 police officers at that time for the elementary schools and make other enhancements throughout the district, science labs, uh, uh, complete our auditoriums, things of that nature. Um, that generated $7.2 million at that time, which we leveraged very well. Unfortunately, the following legislation session, everything changed. And so we are not getting that reoccurring $7 million that we thought we would uh, under the old legislation. So that went away. So we got two years advantage of that and it was gone. Um, but, but continuing to move forward on the, on the, on, on the safety part, um, we we're very fortunate that we have made great strides in working with our committee, which we formed long before the state mandated it, after Uvalde mandated uh, safety uh, committees on every school district. We already had one in play. Uh, the city of McAllen police chief or, or McAllen ISD police chief chair that meeting. We have uh, two to four uh, uh, citizen members that are appointed by the, the uh, school board and the superintendent. We have a representation from the city of McAllen on there through their emergency management uh, department. The same with the school district on emergency management. And then we have uh, 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 the superintendent of schools and another administrator. And in addition to that, two school board members, the board president and one other individual. That committee meets on a regular basis. They completely review what the, what the regulations are, uh, and they make uh, recommendations and suggestions that ultimately go to the administration and to the board. And every single one has come our way, and there haven't been many, and there's not, nothing serious or concerning because, like I said, we've been at the very cutting edge and forefront. Uh, we've, we've implemented them pretty readily. But we do have some fences we need to do that we're you know, not to the the, the, what the new statute re- requires, but not many. That's part of it. We're also putting in some features regarding the glass in the entranceway that makes them um, less penetrable. Um, and there's some other details which probably should not be, you know, discussed in public right. uh, from right. a security standpoint. <laughs> That's more but, than fine. Um, Let me. I got yeah. about a minute here, uh, Mr. Saldivar, and uh, that, uh, Sam Saldivar is with the McCown Schools. And we're talking about the tax rate election that's coming up in October. I, I got about a minute here for for the elevator pitch. You said taxes will not be going up with this, right? Right. In fact, uh, on an average home in the city of McAllen, which is $213,206, that's an average home. If this were to be approved, the voter would still see a $1,000 um, 
um, I'm sorry, $753 tax drop per year or $63 per month reduction in their um, uh, taxes to the school district. So that's what will happen. Right now they're paying one on a house of 200000 they're paying $1,754 in taxes this year. If this is approved going up, then it would be down to uh, um, $1,000 and, uh, and $1. So that's a $753,000, I mean $753 reduction annually in their taxes. And yet the school district will benefit uh, by having this additional sum of money uh, going into uh, better pay and school safety. All right, you make a you, you make a, you make a very convincing point, and we hope that the schools get exactly what it is that they need. Thanks a lot for joining us today. That's Sam Saldivar, Vice President over at McCown ISD, part of the Board of Trustees. You're listening to News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. I love your show. Hello. Hello. Having our voices heard. That's right. Yeah. You live and you learn. Exactly right. This is our country. Use your heads on this stuff. Bingo. Sick of the talking heads. I agree with you. Talk, 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 talk. Hello? Hello? Yes, I'm here. I'm just listening. Yes. No. Yeah. No. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Everyone is so smart. They are so dumb. Who is she to judge? To stand up to do something. Thank you. The Valley's only news talk station, News Talk 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. We're joined now by Tim Snyder, oil and gas expert, economist at Matador Economics, you can get the newsletter over at matadoreconomics.com. And the reason I'm uh, the reason we have him on the program here today is because we're, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I read today that gas prices are the highest they've been pretty much all year. And I wanted to get behind uh, the reasons, the many, re- the many complex reasons why this is uh, happening, why this spike is happening, Tim. So why is that? Well, first of all, uh, it's Part of a big part of it seasonal. All right, um, we change blends of gasoline and those kinds of things um, when you're in the transition of what we call turnaround. Turnaround is when um, uh, refineries make changes and upgrades to their refineries, and and they ch- make the changes so they can move to a different seasonal blend. And so sometimes demand outpaces production because production's off for just a little bit. That can happen. That's very normal. But then we also have an issue that's at play right now, that is the Biden administration continues to ratchet down on uh, fossil fuels and the fact that we don't have, really, there's not enough of the renewables to be able to take the place of those fossil fuels. And so every time something happens uh, in our economy, we're just getting one more reason for the price of fuel to go up. On top of that, the Saudis and the Russians decided to extend their production cuts through the end of the year. So, guys, we're going to see these higher prices for a bit. Fun times, buddy. Fun times. Can you um, break it down for us, the difference between the, the summer blend and the winter blend, and why are they doing it right now? We haven't exactly had, like, wintry weather yet. Yeah, uh, the the difference is is the average temperature this time of year starts to moderate, and so the summer blends of gasoline because of the higher temperatures um, have 
more additives in the fuel, and that makes them more expensive. That's why summer blend gasoline, and it generally starts around the 1st of April and runs through, you know, 1st of September, the summer blends of gasoline are generally higher. We usually see higher prices in the summer, on top of the fact that we have higher demand. Secondarily, when we switch back to the winter blends, we don't have to have as much EPA-mandated um product in the uh, in the gasoline and so what basically happens is the price tends to fall there's about a 20 cent 18 to 20 cent uh, difference between summer blends and winter blends and demand usually falls off as well in the winter we are not seeing that right now we're seeing the pressure from international uh, you know OPEC and and Saudis and 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 the Russian and the Russians but we're also dealing with you know the pressures of of climate change, which unfortunately um, are 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 on on a daily basis now being disproven. Joining us on seven ten KURV is Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. We're talking about the summer blend, the winter blend, and why gas prices are spiking right now. Davis Rankin, I saw your hand up. What is your question, sir? Um, it, it's a statement for a question. Uh, the Saudis have decided they want to keep the price of gasoline up so they've cut back on production less product uh higher prices and the russians don't i don't know what they sell that makes them money other than gasoline um or petroleum it, why do we think it's in why, why should they moderate their uh their prices why should they arrange their pumping to lower our prices when it's not in their interest i, I sound unpatriotic but it's in their interest to get as much as they can for their product. And we always act surprised and angry that they keep the price up. What's your view? On, on, uh, on top of it, Debbie, sir, I don't target as usual that, uh, you know, I'll tell you one of the things that I think is very important is you also have to remember that, that the Saudis and the Russians hate this current administration. They hate the Biden administration. Biden went over there to, to beg for more crude oil and they laughed at it. Um, and now they're just doing everything they can to, they're going to tweak, they're going to, what's, what's the old uh, expression, death by a thousand cuts. And I know I use that yeah. quite often, but that's exactly what it is. Okay. Um, so the, the alternative to, to getting your supplier to lower prices so it's cheaper for you is to create more supply somehow, some way, get more products sure. so that the market pushes the price down right? Which we're well, not doing. And, and remember, it's also important if you look at economic balance, when you are the price maker, in other words, yeah. you get to control the majority of prices, not just in your world, but in the entire world, then you can dictate what kind of pressures you put on your competitors. And that's another component of what we're dealing with here. Um, you know, we have to look at this from the standpoint of we gave up our ability to be energy independent. We gave it all back to the Saudis and said, we don't want to do anything with it. And so the Saudis, hey, they said, okay, fine. That's, you know, OPEC plus is what that is, OPEC plus the Russians. And they decided they'll take that on. And while they'll, 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 they'll diddle a little bit and they'll tell the United States, yeah, we, we understand what you're doing with climate change. And yeah, we might do some wind and solar and all that kind of stuff. But the fact still remains they are oil and, and Russia is the world's really one of the is the world's second largest producer of crude oil uh and right behind them is is are the saudis 
And right now, the United States is the biggest producer. The problem we're dealing with here is that the economic environment for within the United States yeah. and outside of the United States from the, from the Saudis and the, and the Russians are really putting the squeeze on our prices and squeezing them higher. Well, Tim, I'm I'm duct taping oh. a I'm I'm duct taping a sail to a skateboard right now as we speak. By the way, just letting you know. By, by the way, he's got for a car for sale. Would you stop? I'm not selling my car on the radio, Davis. God bless. I'm not using my platform for that. Uh, thanks a lot, Tim. Appreciate it as usual. Thank That's you, Tim, Tim Snyder from Matador Economics. Uh, you can uh, sign up for the newsletter at matadoreconomics.com. You're listening to Newstalk 710 KURV. You're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands, your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio, just say, Alexa, play 710 KURV. This is an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. Here's Zach. Meanwhile, listen to this. Okay. There's a report out there from Forbes. Uh, Forbes advisor says that Texas has the worst drivers in the nation. Oh. Is this, you're still riding this hobby horse? Is that what? <laughs> what? 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 What is so wrong about you and, that? You and drivers. You People and need to learn drivers. how to drive because I hate. I hate it. There's so many things that happen to me on the road, and I am an incredibly defensive driver. And people do really dumb things all around me as I drive around our nine five six here. So the report from Forbes Advisor compares six particular stats from all 50 states and Washington, D.C. to measure which state has the worst drivers. The metrics are the number of fatal accidents involving drunk drivers, distracted drivers, drowsy drivers, wrong way drivers, and drivers who didn't obey traffic signs or traffic signals, along with the number of drivers who look at a phone per mile. So how many times do you look at your phone per mile when you're in the car? That's what they're looking at. It's probably better to figure out how many times I look away from my phone per mile. That'd be easier to calculate. So I have one eye on the phone, one eye on the road. I can do that. (laughs) Well, the thing is, too, Davey, it's it's not just the cell phone. it's It's the navigation system in every vehicle, every smart car now that's got one, right? There's a computer inside every vehicle now. Oh. And and before that, you know... What about um, uh, billboards? What about billboards? ever talked about that? I mean, think about it. You're driving 85 miles an hour on the expressway, and you see a billboard, and you're like, well, maybe I needed. Uh, maybe you yeah. double take. Maybe you take a second look at it, and you just happen to be a little bit too close to the car in front of you. You know, I mean, that's that's another distraction out there on the road. Um, do you drive with your knees? No. Sometimes, and like eat, eat or drink a beverage. No. Uh, sometimes I'll have a coffee with me, but I don't, I don't do the whole driving with the knee thing. The only time I would maybe is if there's something that is, well, no, cause then I would pull over to the side of the road. I was going to say something like something falls from the seat 
that yeah. endangers my braking or my oh. gas pedal. You know what I mean? Like something, something yeah. like that, like a like a water bottle or a cup or something. Something that yeah. would put me in danger. That's the only time maybe I would do something like that. But you don't, you don't like put on your makeup because you don't wear makeup. You don't <laughs> steer with your knees and put on makeup. Yeah, I don't, like I don't have any guideliner. Yeah. Okay. No, That's I don't good. do it. No, but I, I know people that have, and I've seen people. Uh, I've seen people eating, reading. I saw somebody with a magazine the other day. <laughs> I knew <laughs> so, a guy. I, I, this person was in the front seat driving with their vehicle. They had a magazine and it was folded over, and they were looking down, then looking up, then looking down, then looking up. Yeah. Well, they got to keep one eye on the road at some time. I knew a guy, I know a guy who years ago, he, he said he was uh, bipolar. He would go to San Antonio, buy books, and then drive back at night with the dome light on reading his book. And he told oh, yeah, it for yeah. true. I have no reason to believe he was making that up. So Texas. I wouldn't do that. That's dangerous. Texas is number one for bad drivers, worst drivers in the nation. According to Forbes advisor, they ranked this by the number of fatal accidents involving drunk drivers, distracted drivers, drowsy drivers, wrong way drivers, and drivers who didn't obey traffic signs or signals along with the people that look at their phones. Louisiana was number two. So here's, so there's like one of the thoughts, because my brain is always working this way. What if Texas is the worst state because mm -hmm. it's so big, Right. It's like one fourth of the country almost. Yeah, it's so big. Well, it's what not, if? Not what if that's big. the reason why we're number one? It's just we have so many drivers in in so many particular places in no. the state that no, statistically we would have to be number one. It's because you're not going <laughs> to tell us what why? to do. You're not going to tell us what to do. You're not the boss of me. I'm going to drive. You can't tell me to stay drive. under eighty five miles an hour. That's just a suggestion. Yeah. So Louise. <laughs> It's an idea. <laughs> Louisiana's number two on the list. Oklahoma was fourth. New Mexico was sixth. Now, here's here's one thing that kind of gets me, too, is that we always say, hey, you need to watch out for motorcycles. You need to watch out for bicyclists. You need to watch yeah. out for pedestrians, right? One of my biggest pet peeves as somebody who, yeah, I, I care about the safety of those three people, you know, those uh, the, the bicyclists, motorcyclists, and, and yeah. pedestrians. They're not doing themselves any favors because you know how many times I've seen them? in uh in all black at night on the road oh wow no all black uh, it was about a week ago that there was a, a bicyclist in all black barely any reflectors wow. on right and they were driving against traffic well, in the bike lane to, but against traffic you're supposed to drive against traffic aren't you you're supposed <laughs> to go with traffic you walk oh. against traffic yeah you walk against traffic you don't okay. ride bikes against traffic well, I don't, so... That's one. Yeah. Two, right. how many times have you seen a motorcyclist on the road bobbing and weaving in between vehicles and even going in between the lanes? Bicyclists? No, no, no. Motorcyclists. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I'm, I'm not very sympathetic, I'll have to admit about that, because, I mean, they're, they're playing Russian roulette. You know, you know what happened to me yesterday, and this is this was bad. This was, I, I was on Sprague and Jackson in Edinburgh. Okay, there's no bike lane there on that uh, intersection of where Sprague is at, and I was turning towards the McDonald's area. I had my blinker on and everything. I was waiting. 
And uh, I'm looking for the oncoming traffic so I can turn into the closest lane to me. Not like some people that will, you know, they'll take the wide turn around. I, I, right. You always turn in the lane that's closest to you. So I'm getting ready to turn. I'm looking for the oncoming traffic. And I see some dark figure in the corner of my eye as I'm about to let my foot off the gas or off the brake yeah. to put onto the gas so I can turn right. It's a motorcycle. Yeah. There's no bike lane there. There's no shoulder. It's literally just my tire and the curb and about two <laughs> feet of space in between. And there's a motorcycle there. Yeah. And I'm about to, my, my car is doing that little wiggle that it does, you know, the, right when you're about to make that turn. And the guy's there and he looks at me like I'm the problem. <laughs> this is this is what I have to deal with on a daily basis. And then I see this copy saying that, hey, yeah, Texas drivers are the worst in the nation. Yes, we are. We absolutely deserve that. Absolutely. I I do. I do think. I do believe that our driving skills have gone down. I don't think there's any question about that. There's no question in my mind. We are less uh, able drivers than we ever have been, and I. I, I don't really know why. Um, there's still traffic enforcement. There's still um, there's still traffic laws. My, my feeling is that. Traffic laws are not as well enforced as they used to be, but th that's just that's a feeling and not a um, not provable. Uh, I mean, the cops got too much else to do, or maybe there's just too many people, too too many uh, scoff laws. Uh, there was a time. Remember, there was a time, Sonny, when if you didn't come to a complete stop in front of a cop, you're going to get ticketed. I've seen a few people around here. They just barely slow down at the stop sign close by me. They, they, they don't even make a pretense of like stop sign. <laughs> That's I could go down the laundry list of things that, that upset me when I see people on the road. The, m one of my favorite ones to hate on are people that yeah. drive pickup trucks and they don't stop when they're coming out of a gas station or a subdivision or something like that into the street. And they do the five lane, uh, crossover exchange oh god the 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 changeover it, that's the, that's one of my favorites where they don't even, i guess there's just so much momentum in the truck that they don't want to come up to a complete stop they just go <laughs> they're like hey i can make it and then they go over not one lane but all the way across to the other side that's my favorite you're listening to news talk 710 kurv or 956 drive home you're listening to an encore presentation of the 956 Drive Home on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Potomy app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. 
It's called the Radiopotomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.